Welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones from 50millimeterframework.com and this is episode 51 of the Photography Q&A podcast. So we're going to get right into it this week. So the question is from Kevin Cowley from Oregon. And his question is, how do you use on-camera flash at a wedding reception? So when I started out and I was shooting weddings, I didn't have a clue how to use a flash, an on-camera flash. So instead of buying a flash, I decided to go with a 50mm 1.4 lens and shoot available light. In some situations, the ISO setting was so high and the photos were really grainy. I never got any complaints, I have to say that, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. So once I got my hands on a, on a flash, on a speed light, my images improved massively at weddings. They really did. So how hard is it to do? It really is super easy. If you can shoot in either manual or aperture priority mode, you turn your flash on, put your settings in that I'm going to tell you, and it's going to be extremely easy. So what do you need? You need a speed light flash, and it's got to be one that fits on top of your camera on the uh, hot shoe. Now, you can either buy propriety ones, such as Canon, Nikon, Sony. They make them for their own cameras, or a third-party one, which is another company that makes them, but... They all use different connections and different languages to speak to each other. If you shoot Canon, get a Canon one. If you shoot Nikon, get one that's compatible with Nikon. Because like I say, they all speak different languages and they have different fittings. The easy option, of course, is to go out and buy a, a Nikon flash if you're a Nikon shooter or a Canon if you shoot Canon. I started by buying a Canon flash because at the time there, there weren't that many aftermarket ones that were reasonably priced and they weren't very good so I went out and bought a Canon. Since then though I have bought an awful lot of third-party ones. I have quite a few I'm going to be start getting rid of I think because I just don't use them but I, I've got to say that the Canon one that I bought 17 years ago if I was going to shoot a wedding tomorrow that is the flash I would have on my camera because I know how to use it. It never misses a beat and I love the results that I get from it. So the downside of buying a proprietary brand Speedlight is the cost. They are not cheap. They are pretty expensive. Now, what you do need on the flash that you buy are two things. They have to have TTL compatibility. TTL stands for through the lens, and it also needs to have high-speed sync. Not all cheap brands have both of those things. So just make sure you get the, a flash with both those. So TTL and high-speed sync. You will also need a diffuser that fits on the end of your flash, and I'll talk about that a little later. So let's go into the flash settings. The setting options are manual and TTL. For a wedding reception, you really need to use TTL. Manual flash settings have their place, but not at a fast-moving reception. Putting your flash into TTL mode is basically putting it into an auto mode. It does all the thinking for you, and it does it incredibly well. Like I said before, TTL stands for through the lens. So the flash decides how much light it's going to provide by monitoring the scene through the lens. Using the manual flash settings, you have to decide everything yourself, and you've got to figure out what is needed, which is not difficult. It's just trial and error, but it takes time, and that you don't have that time at a wedding. So receptions have lots of kids running around and people dancing, and you need a faster shutter speed because you want to freeze the action. 
So to allow this to happen, you need to turn on the high-speed sync. My Canon flash lets me shoot at 2 50th of a second with high-speed sync turned on, while my Godox lets me use 300th of a second. And I've never had a problem at 250. Yeah, you get, when someone's really going for it, the, you know, you get a little bit of blur, but it's acceptable. If you don't have high-speed sync, you're going to be limited to a slower shutter speed and that won't freeze the action. So it's a negative. So you really do need that. Another thing to look out for is that your flash might have, or probably will have, a setting for the length of your lens. When I'm using my 24-70mm lens, I always set it to 70mm. I'm bouncing light off walls and ceilings and it seems to work very well. Okay, let's have a look at the diffusers. This is the final thing you're going to need. You can work without one, but I advise you to get one. Without one, the light just shoots straight out the end of the flash. With a diffuser, it extends the flash a little bit, and the light comes out the sides as well as the end. And it acts more like a, an old-fashioned light bulb. The frosted plastic that it's made from also softens the light and reduces harsh shadows, which is another big plus. Now, there are lots of diffusers out there, I use a Stofen Omnibounce, which I've had. I bought about five of them, and I've got one left. I keep break. I used to break them all the time. Uh, I've had it for 17 years, and it works just great. You just need one that slips on the end of your flash. So you need to get one that fits your flash because they're all slightly different shapes. Now, check out a brand called Velo. Velo Bounce Dome Diffusers. They are less than $10. I think they're $9.95, something like that. There's also the Nikon Dome, that's around $16, I think it is, and there's the Stofen Omnibounce that I use, which is now $11. All these prices are from B&H in New York. You can spend crazy money on one of these guys, or even one of these little mini softboxes, which personally I don't like. Keep it simple, because they all work. You can alter the power output of the flash in manual and TTL, by using flash compensation. Now I'm not gonna talk about this because by changing the angle of the head, which I'm about to tell you about on the flash, you are changing the power output. You're changing how much light gets onto the subject. So just don't bother about flash compensation. If you get a, become an expert and you find it helps you, go for it. But at this stage, don't even think about it. And I don't really want to overcomplicate something that is really easy to do. So let's get on to the flash technique. I don't want you to point the flash directly at the subject. I want you to have it pointing straight up so that the light that shoots out from the end bounces off the ceiling and the light that comes, the little bit of light that comes out the sides lights the subject and the light then bounces off the ceiling and adds to it. So instead of just lighting the subject, you are lighting the area around them, in front or around them, depending on which way you aim it. Now, most time, if you shoot with it straight up and you look at your image in the back of the camera, you might think, eh, a little bit more light. Then all you need to do is move your flash head forward one click. They normally go in little clicks forward. So just move it forward one click just so it's pointing towards them very slightly. Take the picture again and you'll see the difference. You're just changing the way the light gets to them. Most of the time when I'm shooting, I always start with it straight up and I pretty much... As the night moves on, it'll just stay in with one click forward. And uh, yeah, you can bounce it off ceilings. I bounce it off the walls. And I've also bounced it off a bride. I had the bride stand next to me so I could bounce it off her. 
Be careful though. Some colours on walls. Now, if they're very pastel kind of colours on walls, they'll they'll work great. But if you've got a dark, say a dark purple or a lime green, or think about aiming the flash somewhere else because you can cast that colour in the whole room every time you take a picture. So just bear that in mind. Check your images right after you take them and. It only takes a couple of shots and you realize you're okay or you're in a bit of trouble. Now, using this method, you are never going to get red eye because the light is not aimed straight at them. It doesn't go straight into the eye. And the shadows will be soft and they will not be harsh. If you point a light straight at someone, you get a hard edge shadow behind them. This method, you don't because you're lighting up behind them as well as in front. Okay, now camera settings. Your options here are manual and aperture priority. It's totally up to you. I use Aperture Priority because I like to keep it simple. Wasting time fishing around for settings in manual mode. Not good when you're at a wedding reception and everything's moving quick. So just pick whatever you're comfortable with. Personally, like I say, I go with Aperture Priority. Try to remember this. Aperture controls how effective the flash is and shutter speed controls the ambient light. So example, If you're shooting in a room with windows and you want to capture the view out of the window as well as your subject, use a slower shutter speed. If you want to lose the detail outside a window or people in the background even, use a faster shutter speed. Now depth of field is important when you're using TTL flash. If you use an aperture of say f16, you'll get a a big depth of field, a very deep depth of field. The flash will see that because it's monitoring the scene through the lens and it will illuminate as much of that as it can. So you could end up lighting the whole room up, even though the subject's like five feet in front of you, you could end up lighting, they'll put too much light out and it's not what you want. If you use something like F4, you'll get a shallow depth of field. The flash will illuminate just that depth. It won't put too much out and the and the photo won't look like a a bad snapshot if you got it set at f16 so think about your depth of field think about how much you need to light now let's do a quick setup set your iso to 100 if you're gonna change your iso for any reason don't go over iso 400 use that as a max now for the aperture for people listening that are still using the kit lens set your aperture to f5.6 Now, this is all in aperture priority, or you could be doing it manually. In my head, it's in aperture priority. So ISO at 100, aperture set to 5.6, and the shutter speed to 250. These settings are not set in stone. If the reception is a low-key and relaxed event, slow the shutter speed down. You don't need to go as fast. Maybe put it down to 125. Try different apertures. If your lens opens up to f1.4, try it out when you're taking pictures of the wedding rings. It really is hard to screw up. Now shooting with a flash using TTL and high-speed sync is super easy. But there is one thing you're going to need a lot of, and that is batteries. You'll notice the flash after maybe, I don't know how many, depends which flash it is, but maybe 70 shots, the flash will start taking longer to get back you'll hear it charging as it uh, you take a picture and you'll hear it recharge so rather than just keep when you notice it's going slower rather than waiting for those batteries to die and you can't get the flash to work anymore change the batteries it take you'll get it down really quick it's like a pit stop for a racing car 
just open the side, throw the batteries out, stick them in one pocket, and you've got your good batteries in the other pocket, throw four in, and away you go. I would use, at a regular length wedding, maybe 12, 16 batteries, because they're going four at a time. It also depends on what make of flash you've got. Uh, some aftermarket ones, third-party ones, use a lot more power than a than a proprietary one. So just take lots of batteries with you and play it safe. All right, I hope you found that helpful. This week, I couldn't find any news on anything decent in photography, so I'm going to introduce you to another photographer. His name is Gary Goff, G-O-U-G-H, Goff. He's a wedding, portrait, and commercial photographer from Britain, but his YouTube channel is all about landscapes, and some of his work is just incredible fine art photography. It's beautiful. And he shows you how he's doing it at the time. He doesn't just say, oh, I'll get this and here's my picture. He takes you through step by step and he'll show you how to get the same results he gets. If you go on his uh, YouTube channel, you'll be shocked by how many tutorial videos there are, how to shoot waterfalls, how to shoot oceans, how to shoot mountains. It's just incredible. So check him out. You will learn an awful lot. So that's Gary Goff. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. And I'll also have links in the show notes for all the uh, diffusers that I was uh, mentioning. Okay, that's it for this episode. I'll be back with more Waffle next week. Bye.